welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey, everybody, Doug Addison. Welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. Now, if you're a regular follower, maybe you know that I release my monthly prophetic words on my Spirit Connection webcast, and then throughout the month, we release podcasts of me interviewing other people so that you get a broader spectrum or a view of what God is saying overall, not just from me. But this week, I want to bring you a message that God has been speaking to me. And I want to kind of clarify some of the things I've been releasing out there on Facebook and Twitter and to give you some understanding of what God is saying right now. Now, I have that type of prophetic gift. It's called a times and seasons gift. It was known in the Old Testament as the Issachar anointing. The sons of Issachar could understand times and seasons. I'm not the son of Issachar. Uh, But I do have this ability. That's why I'm able to release the daily prophetic words. I can release weekly things and monthly. Uh, But, you know, sometimes it's frustrating for me as a prophetic writer because uh, it used to be like manna. It was like, wow, this stuff could go away in a day if you're not careful. But the Lord has given me the ability to kind of pastor these prophetic words, kind of bring them out at the right time and remind people of what's happening. So that's what I want to do this week. And maybe you've heard me talking about uh, the things that is going on in the world right now. I mean, this is a time like never before. There is a shaking going on everywhere. There's floods, there's fires, earthquakes, hurricanes. Oh my goodness, it is a horrible horrible time to watch the news. And I tell you, we need God like never before. This is a time. Now, people ask me, because I'm a prophet, is this judgment? And it is not judgment. This, I've heard the Lord specifically, this is not judgment that's coming on the world right now. This is indeed the birth pains of the coming revival. Now, we're about to see something. What I mean by that is God's about to release something new on the earth, and Satan does not want you to see it. That's why we're having all this weather, all these things to kick up, things starting to happen right now. But there's this sudden surge of negativity that's been happening over the last few years, and this what's going on is the negativity is beginning to now build up and reap something. So what you sow is what you reap. And so if we get a lot of people sowing, sowing and giving in prayer, then we will reap revival. We will reap the blessings. If we get a lot of people, majority of the people beginning to sow in complaining and grumbling, then we will start to reap a whirlwind or a closed heaven. And that's what the Lord told me is happening right now. It's a plan of the enemy to get us sidetracked for what God is about to release on the earth. You've got to hear this. This is the plan of the enemy. This isn't the Lord. And people ask me, how could a, my goodness, how could a loving God allow these tragedies happen? Like what happened in Las Vegas and the shootings happening. How could a loving God allow that? Well, my studies have shown this, is that God is definitely loving and he is love. This is not from him. 
what we're seeing right now could not possibly be from God because he is love. However, listen, because he loves us, he never forces himself on us. In other words, he's not a dictator. That would make him a dictator. If he made us love him, if we if he forced his love on everyone, that would not be a free will. That wouldn't be a loving God. So what happens is some people choose to not receive God's love. And there's some major evil things and some evil people out there. And because of that, that's where we're getting the shootings. That's where we're getting the things that's going on. This is not the loving God causing these things to happen. So this is important to catch that. So the plan of the enemy right now is to get your eyes off of what God is doing. And everywhere, there's a negative spirit being released right now. It's been around for a while. The reality TV shows, you know, you're voted out. You're off the island. America doesn't like you. There's a negative, there's a revenge type of spirit that started to creep in a while back. But you know what? This is so important to catch this because there are spiritual principles at work here. Matthew 18, 19. If the two of you agree together on earth and ask about anything, then it will be done for you from heaven. Now, that's important. We're to agree together. We think of that as agreeing in prayer, but it's also a spiritual principle that if we come into agreement, in other words, whatever we come to into agreement with can also be released on the earth. Galatians 6, 7 says, what you sow, you shall reap. Now, because of these things, this is the power of agreement. It works negatively as well as positively. There's power in agreement. 1 Corinthians 1, 10, the Apostle Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, that there will be no divisions among you, but that you will be perfectly united in mind and thought. Now, I think you might want to underline that, maybe put it on your fridge and start to study this, because this is what's going on right now. We are in a place right now where we're out of agreement. We are bringing division. And Luke eleven seventeen, Jesus said this, house divided against itself will fall. So we need to be very careful right now with what we're agreeing with, even out of our own mouths, over ourselves, over our families, over our businesses, over our homes, our ministries, our churches, our governments. We have to be very, very careful. Now let's go back to the source, what Jesus said, because we're going to be talking about spiritual principles here. One of the greatest ones is in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 40, Jesus said, love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. A second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws of the prophets hang on these two commandments. Wow. Love God, love other people, and love yourself. You know, Sounds very simple, but somehow these may have dropped out of our vocabulary, maybe even dropped out of many people's Bibles. We say it, but we forget that we need to act on these things. And, you know, if it's not bad enough that we've let go of them, listen, many people have replaced them with another spirit called fear. The spirit of fear is another devastating blow to us. It's a demon. Second Timothy one seven for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Now this is an interesting part. Listen, First John four eighteen, 
There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. This is really important to understand, because we have God's love, and we have the enemy's fear. And in 1 John 4.18, it says that we can, you know, we can have perfect love. That's coming into agreement with what God has. That's coming into agreement with on earth as it is in heaven. But if we get into fear, now this is interesting that John says that perfect love will cast out fear, indicating that fear is a spirit and it involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And so we have people now, Christians and non-Christians alike, being tormented by fear. And this is a horrible thing because fear now is so rampant. It is running wild amongst churches, uh, Christians, non-Christians, the media, the news, everything right now. Remember, what you sow, you shall reap. Where two agree together, it will be done. But go back to the greatest commandment is love. I want to tell you, I have gotten healed of so much of my life and so much of my body, even my health, just even in the last six months to a year, many, many things, Lyme disease, multiple chemical sensitivity, a lot of things that had been running over me for a long time. And you want to know how I got healed? It's First John 4, 18. I got into perfect love. I begin to receive God's love for me, which I already did. You know, I already knew that part. But there was things that had happened in my life early on where I had gotten upset or angry at God, and I didn't want to admit it, but I was I was disappointed. And hope deferred can make your heart sick, and that'll make your body sick. And I begin to separate that love for myself. See, we need to love God, ourselves, and other people. If we get unforgiveness— against God, against ourselves, or other people, we can actually get out of balance. What I found out is that brought my immune system down. And that's why I started having really acute level of chemical sensitivity. I started having all kinds of things happen. And I was sick for four years. Just about six months ago, I had a radical breakthrough with First John four eighteen, And I actually did a webinar that you might want to check out. It's about a time to heal where I talk about these things and walk you through how, wow, you know what? Medically, we can show that our immune systems and our body are connected. Even depression. Yeah, this happened to me at one time in my life. You might be physically depressed. You know, something in your body is thrown off your serotonin. But I want to tell you, there's freedom. I was able to get off of antidepressants. I was able to get off of all the medications and everything. I don't recommend trying this until you see the evidence of your healing. But I want to tell you something. I got into perfect love. I began to cast out fear. And within a short period of time, my entire body shifted. My immune system kicked back on. You know what? Don't accept the fact if something in your body is not working. It doesn't mean that you have to be in in this condition. God can heal you. Anyway, I just want to talk about this a little bit deeper as we go deeper. And God gave me a revelation a long time ago. People ask me, how is it that I'm able to hear God clearly? I remember back in 2004, way back. It was 2004. Now, I was traveling around. I was doing outreaches. I was using prophetic gifts. I was doing tattoo interpretation, dream interpretation. I was an outreach specialist. I was going all over the world 
using the prophetic gifts as a means of sharing God's love. Now, I was one of the forerunners in prophetic evangelism. So I was out there all the time. I was traveling 150 days a year on the road. I had the anointing to do it. But then 2008, I hit the wall and that's when the uh, economy dropped and it was a really tough time. And that's when I really needed to push in even further. But back around 2004, I do remember this. This is where my ability to hear God skyrocketed. I was traveling and I was always seeming to get in the, you know, in a really bad seat next to the, nothing wrong with crying babies, but, you know, someone would throw it up and on the plane. I'm not saying anything bad about these people, but I was definitely in row number 66, seat number six, if you know what I was saying. And I was having trouble financially. Oh, yeah, I'm a prophetic believer, you know, a minister of the gospel even. But because I didn't understand these things, I was getting really a big amount of warfare. Now I was blaming it on the devil. But then one day the Lord said, oh, no, you need to understand something here. This is because of something that's coming out of your own mouth. And he told me, he said, if you would stop complaining, he's talking to me. This is in 2004. If you would stop complaining and start blessing, you would see your life turn around. And so I looked up some verses, Matthew 7, 1, do not judge, Jesus said, or you too will be judged. For the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measure you use, it will be used to you. You know, because of negativity and fear and the lack of love and all these things going on, you know, even back then, we can actually end up in a place of judgment. Now, sometimes judging is too big of a word. And I had released a message on this a long time. It's one of my life messages. Love, not judge, can turn your life around. But many people weren't seeing judgment was too big of a word. Even though the Lord spoke to me, he said, if you would stop judging or complaining, and you would start blessing instead, because what you sow, you shall reap. The Lord said to me, the condition that I was in, all the things happening to me, going in debt and having things happen and sickness, all the stuff— had to do with the fact that I was complaining and I was judging instead of blessing. It was like, wow, it was a light went on. All right, I'll give this a try. I started to do this. I went on a negativity fast. I poured myself in. Every time I wanted to complain, yeah, we'll still complain. Of course we do. And every time I wanted to complain, I would file three or four compliments to offset that And because it's really important, what you sow, you shall reap. I want to tell you, I was living under a closed heaven at that time. And within a very short time, everything opened up. You know, because when we start focusing on negativity, when we start actually prophesying things out of our mouth, we don't realize it. Jesus said to us that we must bless. He says, bless and do not curse. And this is for yourself as well as other people. There is a spiritual atmosphere out there. There's an atmosphere around us that happens with the spiritual principles I shared at the beginning of this talk, where if you agree together, it will be done for you. And that's whether it's positive or negative. What you sow, you shall reap. The power of love over fear. These are powerful, powerful things. So what I'm telling you right now, when I said that the The Lord is actually, he's saying what's going on in the world right now, this angry wind 
has been released on the earth. And it is because too many people are complaining and judging. They are not blessing and lifting up. I know this for a fact because what the story I just shared with you from, uh, you know, back in 2004, a long time ago, the story I shared with you, I have had to live it out and I begin to hear God. I begin to live under what I would call an open heaven. That's where the blessings come. That's where God wants to bring those things to you and you can hear them and you can know what to do next. But you know what? You would think that this would be automatic. You, you would think if it was that easy, more people would be doing it. And I would have to go on the negative talk and thought fast. You know, I started to bless and not curse and do things like that. Now, myself and my team, we actually have a negative free lifestyle. You know, focusing on the negative. A culture we have today is focusing on what's wrong with a person or a situation as opposed to what God has gifted them with. And so the general atmosphere of judgment has crept in, and without realizing it, the enemy has come in. He's sown seeds, or he's sown weeds, into the kingdom of God. And you can look at this in, in Matthew thirteen twenty four through 30. Jesus gives a parable where he talks about the field, and the enemy came in and sowed seeds. And Jesus said that we must let them grow together, and he said this, that what happened happened while you were sleeping. And so this is going on right now. The enemy is sowing seeds into the kingdom or into our lives, and weeds are growing up, and they have to grow together. We can't just rip them up because what happens is we try to rip them up, and then we damage people. So there's a lot of spiritual principles going on right now and part of what, what, what I'm talking about. So the Lord released a word to me that what we're seeing right now with this wind is actually from Hosea 8, 7, that you can sow into the wind. Those who sow into the wind will reap a whirlwind. He told me this. This is what's going on. And if you look up the Hebrew word for wind, it's ruah, which can be translated as anger. Those who sow in an angry wind can reap a whirlwind. And so right now we have a lot of people sowing in anger everywhere. And now what you sow, you shall reap. These are spiritual principles, friends. And we need to be very, very careful. You know, one of the names of Satan in Revelation twelve ten is the accuser of the brethren. So accusations can be dangerous if we're not careful we might not mean it, but we can start coming into agreement with darkness or Satan over ourselves, over other people. You know, I did a little experiment on this. Now, first, I did it outside the church. Like I said, I was one of the forerunners in prophetic outreach. I had interpreted thousands of dreams, given prophetic words in malls and shows, coffee shops, you name it. I began on my outreach, you know, I started interpreting tattoos, and out of the millions of people I encountered everywhere from all walks of life. They all had one question. Now, when when we would get back and we would come back from our outreaches, and I, I studied this. Oh, my goodness. I studied this back then. This started in 2002 and went on for a long time. 
And during our outreaches, we were figuring out how do we reach people? You know, what what are they saying? Because I was into apologetics uh, back in the day. That was where I, I studied the Word of God so I would know how to refute people with disagreements with the truth. That's what we did back in the 70s and 80s. But now it's different. People don't need to be convinced of God these days. They're already saying they're spiritual and I'm not religious, you know. And so this is a time where things have changed. Out of the millions of people we encountered, I asked my teams, what is it that people want to know? And I was really wondering, you know, what do they want to know? What What is the number one question we were hearing after? I mean, I interpreted over 25,000 dreams, thousands of prophetic outreaches. What's the one thing people were asking about as we encountered them? These were non-religious people outside the church. And it wasn't about the existence of God. It was about why are God's people so judgmental towards them? Wow, this radically changed my life. In fact, I went from that point, from apologetics, where I was ready to refute the truth, to apologizing. And my specialty now, my outreach strategy, is finding the, the wound someone's had and help heal them. So I apologize often and ask forgiveness because, see, if we if we can bring down that negativity, it's going to really change things. Now, this is response to what God had told me about complaining too much. And we our outreach has flipped around. I mean, it was radical what happened after that. Now, that was my experiment outside the church. And then I tried it inside the church. Several years ago, I took a simple message of love, not judge, out on the road. I tested it everywhere. I went through a number of Bible verses about the effects of judgment, and I don't have time to go into them here. It's in my Love Not Judge message, and I would see this thick presence of God come into the room, and people, I tell you, people who didn't even really understand it at churches, they would feel it. And you know how you would know? I would like doing this like right before lunch, you know, right before noon at a at a conference or a church, and the presence of the Lord comes in. This is a test. And then it comes in so thick when we dismiss the meeting, no one leaves. They're in their seats. And so as I walk people through repentance for people that we have judged, I mean people we have disagreed with, we complained about, even to the smallest degree. And when we would do that, the heavens would open, and we would see miracles, we would see financial miracles, we would see things happen because of that. These are the spiritual principles the Lord had showed me. So we we encountered so many people who were depressed, suicidal, hopeless, you know, inside and outside the church, and our outreaches everywhere were, you know, people who were needing hope, both inside and outside. And what I noticed is, listen, people who get attacked, Satan will work overtime on them in the area of their strength. So if they have a calling or a strength of bringing hope to others, they're going to become hopeless. If they have a calling or a strength in bringing life, then you probably might be suicidal or really struggling. If you have a calling to bring financial blessing, you might be in debt. I'm telling you, because I've seen this after giving thousands of prophetic words and interacting with people everywhere, some of the greatest calling, some of the best people are getting some of the greatest opposition. 
I was in the occult. I was a meth addict. And we need to be very careful that we do not step away from God's love. Now, see, I had this great attack on me. And now, you know, it's not like I was just suddenly born a prophet and everything is going smooth for me. No, no. I had to battle through things to get here. And we want to be sure that we're not pushing people deeper into darkness by not agreeing with what they're doing. This is so important, my friends. And this is what's closing the heavens over us. Now, I can walk you through opening the heavens right now. It's, it's actually quite easy if you would just go on a negative thought and talk fast and, and begin, not just fast, but instead bless someone. So if you're driving down the road and someone cut you off and you're thinking about, you know, something negative, bless them, pray for them. So important. If you have bad service at a restaurant or a hotel, you know, or, or whatever, you know, you can still complain, but make sure that you find a place to bless, to give a greater gift, tip good, do things like that. So Luke 6.38 is a real interesting verse because the Lord spoke to me once. I was sitting on the front row getting ready to do uh, an offering at a, at a church or a meeting. It's common. We use this verse quite a bit, and it is basically to take that good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap, and the measure that you use will be measured to you. Now, that is good. It is a good thing, and it applies to money, but it's also about other areas. All spiritual principles that you'll see in the Bible can be applied to different areas. But if you read this particular one in Luke 6.38, if you read it in context, Luke 6.37, Jesus is talking about judgment. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, will be running over into your lap. So, you know, a lot of people, like I was, I was giving and giving and giving. I didn't realize that I needed to get rid of the judgments. Luke 6.37, read it for yourself. If you get rid of the judgments against other people, then you get the good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over into your lap. Some of the most powerful offerings or ministry times I've ever done is when the presence of God comes and we go through a repentance time. Then we go into the giving, giving love, giving money, doing, because if you, whatever you give after that, once you clear your heart, once you clear the spiritual atmosphere, once you do those things, then all of God's principles and all of his goodness will flow to you. And Jesus goes on in verse 41. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye when you pay no attention to the plank or the log in your own eye? You know, we can have spiritual log jams with judgments. They can rob us of our financial blessings. They can cause our vision to grow dim because we're not able to see because of the even the speck of sawdust we're trying to get out of someone else's eye, but we don't realize we have a plank in our own eye. They can cause us to not be able to reach out to people. They can cause our destiny to go cloudy. They can cause the closed heaven that we are experiencing right now. Now, there's new power and authority in our words. So we have to be very careful what we say. Our words matter. Jesus talks about in Matthew 21, 19 through 21, he talks about a fig tree and, a, and moving a mountain. Now, this is really easy. Uh, I mean, this is so easy to miss this. It's powerful. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing except leaves. And he said to it, 
May you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. When his disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Jesus turned to him and says, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. Now, this is very interesting. Most people focus on the faith and not doubting. Oh my goodness, there's so much in here. You know, Jesus says, you can speak to things and they can wither. Or you can speak to the mountain and it's moving. He's doing a comparison here. Be careful with your words because you can release withering words. Or you can release words of faith that can move mountains. And most people miss this. This is a powerful, powerful thing. Jesus said that our words can uproot things, get rid of obstacles, or we have to be careful that we're not saying, may you never bear fruit again. That's what he said to that fig tree. He was giving an example of what can happen when we speak to people, speak to ourselves. Maybe you have had that spoken to you. Something was spoken over you. Something negative got spoken. Maybe someone spoke that caused that. May you never bear fruit again. Maybe you said it to yourself. So we need to be very careful how we're speaking, that we're not doing the withering words. And when we do speak, that we do fruitful words, fruitful thoughts. That way, we can turn that negativity around into a blessing. We can bear fruit that will last. And this is so, so powerful. God wants to do this, but this is what's going on right now in the world. People are asking me, why are we seeing the tragedies? Right here, friends. I've unpacked it all for you. Listen to this again and again if you can. Listen to it more than once. Get it into your spirit. Share it with some friends because... What you sow is what you reap. And if you agree together, it will be done. These things are so important. So we need to start praying. The Lord told me to release a campaign on the internet. Stop complaining. Start praying. Stop complaining. Start blessing. I want to encourage you to go on a negative thought and talk fast. I want to encourage you to not just step away from negativity. It's hard to do, especially at work. And, you know, there's times when it's very difficult. Sometimes you're just going to have to zip it. But you know what? You can release words, words of life, words of creativity, words of blessing. And this is how I went from being very sick. I had lost a lot of weight, you know, because I was sick. But when I started blessing myself and blessing those around me, I gained 20 pounds. I I honestly, some of you don't want to gain weight, but I'm just saying it will turn your life around, my friends. Uh, Finances are going to flow for you. Things are going to change. I want to encourage you to really get this into your spirit. Look at the areas that you or maybe someone else may have spoken and caused your gifts or your talents to wither. Consider how you speak to other people. Bless and do not curse. Pray for those who persecute you, the Apostle Paul says. So I just ask God now, activate this word in us. Lord, I pray for the withering words that have been spoken to us to fall away. I pray instead, Lord, that they would be words of life, words of fruitfulness, that we would now be able to get rid of the judgments in our life. And as we do that, as these judgments go, 
we can say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will. We can say to the mountain of debt, go. We can say to the mountain of depression, go. We can say to the mountains in front of us, whatever it might be, go in the name of Jesus. Because once we clear judgments, once we clear out the things that we're agreeing with that are not of the Lord, everything's going to change for you, my friend. And I'm telling you, it's going to happen in Jesus' name. Amen. It's going to happen, I tell you. I'm so excited that we can change the spiritual atmosphere. I've done it over my ministry. I've done it over churches. I've helped people see this. Now, friends, we need to do it over our nation. We need to do it over the world. We need to change the spiritual atmosphere like never before. And it's easy as stop judging and start blessing. Stop complaining. Start blessing. All right. Hey, God bless you. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.